Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you doing today? I am lovely. He's rocking. Fantastic day. His avocado shirt. Where'd you get that from? Bruce and Mindy Milray. Nice. One day to wellness. Very. Yep, I picked it up. At the, no, you didn't. Didn't I get Oh, no, that shirt you got you? this one for me. Yeah, that's right. The, the batch of spinach. I got another one at home. It's a spinach shirt. Ooh, I'm jealous. I love it. Yeah. They, uh, I never got an avocado shirt. <laughs> You're on the list. Don't worry. Man. I'll hook you up. Man. Do not worry. So what's really cool is that we are bringing to you the Jason Alders today. Jason Alders. You got a the Whoa, in front of your the, name now. Yeah. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. Because in Conti world. It is. It is. Because we are at podcast 42, I think, today. All right. Is where we're at. Good and, number. Uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know. Started from the bottom and Ayo. That's it. Going all now the way we out. Jokes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Top of the food chain. So today, really excited to bring to you another story, another rock star kind of story from, you know, how did we get to where we get in life? And it's not always just, you know, sitting back and, you know, letting life happen to you. It's really going after things and yeah. following your passion. And that's really what we've been talking about. And again, our listeners, you know, you guys are anywhere from just, you know, looking for some way to get healthy or get happy. And at the end of the day, we just want to be more happy in life. And I've been talking lately about how do you, and this came from Sherry Shamrock, one of our guests that we brought on and, and she, the Sherry Shamrock, yeah, she invented Everyone something gets a the from now on. Well, she, she invent- calls herself the Christine Conti. It's kind I'm of sure annoying. She does. I talk in third person only. Christine has entered the room. She would like to say hi. Christine has to pee. Oh my gosh. For real. For real. 
Um, George but, is angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's going to go today. That's how it's going to go. But Sherry Shamrock. So, um, Jay, we had this we had this woman on, and we didn't really know her very well, but she invented pound palms, which are weighted okay. like pom-poms for cheerleading. Brian and I are not cheerleaders. Look at us. I would never <laughs> expect okay. a thing. So, however, everyone out there has something. You know, there's something to offer. There's, um, you know, there's, there's always different things for different people, right? Um, so she comes on and we didn't, you know, we, we were going to talk about her program, things like that. She told this story that just blew everyone away about kind Waited of failure pom-poms. and this and that. And, and it was like the journey of getting to the point of you know, kind of overcoming all these things. And, and that is really the, what life is about. How do you deal with being knocked down and kicked in the stomach? And, and really that is where I think we've become and evolved as a, as a podcast, I think. Yeah. And everyone is, it's that human interest story. You know, we bring them on, we bring people on for different reasons. You know, sometimes it's, it's their, you know, their exercise routine that they've just, you know, really you know made themselves and they've they've really invented it um you know and 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 then from there we get why they invented it or the backstory and all that stuff and that's the good stuff sure you know, yeah, that's, that's that's the, the beauty of stuff. it and you nutrition know, the we people the, pe- the people that like you know the what's the old uh, uh cliches are like the people that on the mountaintop didn't just land there like they had to climb up that thing and and uh and and make their way up there and and you know just there's a reason why they have done what they've done. We've got a lot of people on that have um, left careers, Christine included, myself included. We you call know. ourselves <laughs> recovering. <laughs> yes. She's a recovering school teacher, teacher. Yeah. recovering <laughs> banker, and you need to go through that. So I want, um, I want Jay to kind of introduce himself, and I'm going to hit you up with a major question to Ooh, begin with. I can't right? wait. So if I were to say, you know, Jay, who are you and what do you do? How do you answer that question? Well, I guess it depends who's asking me. Is it the Christine? It is. It is. Or is it my neighbor Christine? Or is it my friend? Who's asking me this question? All three. Because most, I would think all three of them should know the answer. But um, I guess the answer you're looking for is probably career related. All of which. Well, I'm a dad of three, three young, beautiful children. That's most important. Um, Aside from my fatherly roles, I'm a professional artist, which I'm. uh, It's kind of a child. It actually is a childhood dream of mine. It's all I've ever wanted to do. I actually found a book report maybe about five, six, seven years ago in my parents' pile of junk that they threw in my garage and said, here, this crap is now yours again. I went through it and I found this like book that report. happens to you too? Yeah. Went through this book report, you know, casually, blah, 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 reading all this junk. And one of them was like an essay on like what I want to do when I grow up. And it was probably written when I was in like, I want to guess second grade-ish. Wow. And it pretty much listed the exact job I have now. So I've like always wanted to do what I'm, what I'm doing now. You know, within the realms of, of reason in that definition, but I've, I've deviated along the way. Had some side hustles and other businesses and other things I've done, but what I'm doing now has kind of been always the background fantasy that I've always worked, worked towards, and that's what I'm doing now. Which is, I'm a fine artist. I sell my artwork around the world. I do exhibits around the world. I do some collaborations with people that I have no idea why they want to hang out with me, but they do. I live paint with like rock stars. Um, I do a lot of really cool stuff and. 
the way I kind of look at it is I'm kind of like the dorky guy that's just going along for the ride. I feel like there's like, I think we've talked about this before. There's like your persona, your public persona, your job, your role, whatever that might be. There's like your brand. The Christine Conti is like your brand. <laughs> then there's like Christine, the crazy lady that's jumping up and down in the backyard all the time, right? <laughs> um, so for me, I feel like there, you know, there's like Jay, like the, the painter guy, which is one of my roles, but... You know, dad, they know that Jay, Jason or Jay, the dad, is more who I am as a person. And uh, you asked who I am, so that's kind of like a culmination of some of the roles that I play and some of the jobs that I, I have. And I guess that's a good first way to start. I love it. So the background with um, the Jay Alders, by the way, <laughs> is that um, we met each other because Jay's also my neighbor, which is really cool. Yeah. We've got a pretty talented block. Oh, yeah. We do. Like no, within is... these two houses, sure. at least. And um, it, it was really... really beautiful houses, I must say. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. No. And um, Jay and I also live in the exact same house. But so the, the people that built our houses, it's so freaky. <laughs> The people that built our houses were actually friends, and they were in the in a construction company. I think I was the story. Have no idea. Okay, this was the story. They, they were friends. This little screwdriver. It's the story. <laughs> to the story. I, she has, I keep playing with a stupid screwdriver. It looks like Tinkerbell's screwdriver. It's That's about yours. One inch long. That's a oh, parting gift. I can't help but like play with it. It's, it's all. It's, so I think our houses were built with this little screwdriver. They were by elves. Yes. Oompalumpas. <laughs> <laughs> for real, our houses are exactly the same, but they're opposite. The same. But different. But different. It's <laughs> this. It's so freaky. The first time that I went over there, you walk in. I'm sure the same thing happened when you walked in here. You walk in the door. In my house, the living room is to the right, and then there's this little, you know, room to the left and a straight hallway. You walk in his house. It's exactly the same, but opposite. Like the living room. And you're to like, the it's left. like, Philly, what am I feel like going to the bathroom? And then yeah. you're like, the house. Well, it's like another dimension. Like it, it's so trippy. Like I, I, I was like, like, if I was like rich, I would pay people when you're gone, like change our furniture, right? Just to freak you out. I would give right. you some drinks first, and then just send you home. And then you wake up, like what's just happening? change the number on the house. It's so weird. Call, it's call so an weird. Uber. But like, why home. would you even do that as friends? Very, very bizarre. So I mean, nice house, yeah. man, but it's yeah. it is a little tripping. So that's slight, we, slight tension. Yeah, but that's that's kind of how we met, and you know, I got kind of a backstory, um, and then realized, oh my god, you're a very talented artist. And well, then thank you. Looking at all of you know all of your work and whatnot, um, I mean, beautiful family, likewise, wonderful wife, likewise. kids are amazing. We actually have a um, daughter within what six months, I believe. Yeah, about that. Summer and yeah, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren was like six months old, I think, when we we moved here. Mm-hmm. So. I remember Mike was like holding her and she was making that weird like sound she used to do when she was super little, like that kind of like roaring weird baby sound. And I was like, Mike, what's happening? She's like, Oh, she just does that. And Summer was like just born. So they're, I guess they're about six months. It's a good playmates. That's yeah. Awesome. But they're like such good friends now. It's so cute. I love it. They're good spirits. Yeah. Good. Very amazing. Like, open. Um, but that's kind of the backstory of how I, you know, met, that Jay and then realized, oh my gosh, like, look, look at what he does. Like, wh-. then you Googled him. Yeah. And then you put just a teacher, I should say in quotes yeah. at the time, part-time, part-time crazy. Yeah. Just killing Full-time time. Full-time teacher. Just killing time as a teacher till she got to the real business. You got to build your tribe. You, you, gotta, you were like on the fence. You're like, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. And, and Jay was one of the people that said, you know what? It's Jump. This, right. <laughs> the scariest thing that you're going to do is, yeah. is things that are very uncomfortable. And yes. You know, and Jay had actually said that you had never experienced that, you know, that safety that, hey, I'm going to go nine to five. It was that always, 
you know, hey, we're going to put ourselves out there and you're going to, it's always going to be scary and that you're, yeah. hopefully your ups are going to be a lot more than your sure. lows and, and go from there. So tell us a little bit about your backstory, how you, and then we'll talk a little about your art and what you do yeah. because, um, I, I mean, I'm still trying to get on stage behind Jay to, to look at some some artwork as he does this. But that's a really cool thing. I, I've I mean, invited you so many times to shows. <laughs> Bullshit. That was he just before, called you out. Before so the new Christine, hey, Christine happened. Christine, you want to come to the show? Hey, Christine, you want to come back? It was like a Tuesday. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like teaching the next day or some like you were, had a real state job. assessments. I know, well, now yeah. that I got over that, now, now that we're full crazy. Right. Now that I'm full time crazy. <laughs> It is true. What was the question? Okay. <laughs> so you started out, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Howell, nice little suburban town, about 15 minutes from the beach-ish. Um, yeah, it was a good place to grow up. Uh, Jersey Shore, by the Jersey way, everyone Shore, listening is like, where the hell is that? Howell is Yeah, Jersey it's Shore. It's just south of heaven. So even though we were close to the beach, I, I mostly spent, you know, even though I got into ocean-related stuff later on, I spent most of my time on like my skateboard or like the back woods, which was kind of like a joke. We considered it the woods, but it was probably like a hundred feet of trees. trees. But it was like the forest. To, uh, it was a hundred acre woods to us. And nice. I spent most of my time on a skateboard, the woods, and my BMX bike. And then once I got my own car and my license, then it was like beach every day, beach, beach, beach. Now, is that when you started surfing? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up skateboarding, and then it was like an easy transition. Once I got to high school, you get you have a license, you have means to get there. You realize that the chicks that hang out with surfers are genuinely a little bit more attractive than some of the other ones. And, uh, no, no being prejudiced. Just it was just stating a fact. But um, so you it know, was a draw. It was yeah, a draw to the it scene. Was just like wow, this is like a nice bonus. So just the whole culture of it and the whole lifestyle of it just really attracted me. But you know, to be serious, like I, I love skating and just transitioning that to water was just such a cool experience. All my friends started getting more into it, or some of my friends that already surfed just were like, oh, just come on out. And it was like a very easy transition going from one board to the next and i learned how to snowboard at the same time so i just was always more drawn towards like boarding sports more in- individualistic is that even a word more individual sports and activities i the whole team thing sports the whole uniform and numbers thing i just did not work well with me you know i just didn't work well with my, my personality i was always like smaller frame for my size and like i did the little league thing for a while and i got really tired of being like last on the, the batter's line up and like sitting in right field and it, it didn't do anything for my ego i wasn't contributing anything so i always was drawn more towards like art obviously uh skating you know martial arts snowboarding things that i can progress on my own level and it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with being lazy at all it actually quite the opposite i worked even harder than i probably would have if someone a coach was pushing me got just as many injuries and scrapes and bruises and all that so i just have been more drawn towards an entrepreneurial look towards my activities, you know, doing my own thing, my own rules, pushing myself. And that's kind of like an earlier branch of being the entrepreneur that I am now, I think. I, I think that you being drawn to those sports, I mean, there's there's a level of artist in all of those sports. For sure. It's expressive. Yeah, yeah it's, it's expression. It, it, you yeah. know, it's, it's able to, you know, to come up with things on the fly and, and yeah. really just, you know... And you know, a wave is a, is a you know is like a canvas. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it makes sense. You know, yeah. that's that's just your soul. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I think there is a direct correlation with like team sports and like corporate America. Let's say Cause it's like, yeah. and it's not good or bad. I think in society, you need the worker bee, you need the right. queen bee, you need, you need every other type of bee in between, right? For me, I just wasn't that type of a bee. For me, it was more like I want to do my own thing, make my own rules, express myself, see what I'm capable of, and like that is for whatever reasons, which I could go into, but are probably boring. I was just drawn more towards that as a lifestyle, as an outlook, as a mindset. And 
a lot of things that I've done and, and gotten involved in have kind of been related to that mindset. Now, when did you realize that art was a talent? Was it before high school or when you were yeah. like, damn, I'm because I knew pretty early on <laughs> me too that i wasn't i mean i'm looking st- at other people drop people and i'm like my stick figures are, weren't going to end up my- in the louvre i had so i have mixed feelings on that i think there's there are certain god-given gifts universe yeah. given whatever your spiritual beliefs are right buddha given gifts whatever right. there's certain gifts that just are, are born with i think people that are like unlike the voice that are singing and they open their mouth they're like how the f did that right, voice right. come out like how did, like i think that's a much different type of a talent right like there are certain things that just physically like michael phelps there are certain things that just physically are within your body or certain things that are just an ability that you have that no amount of practice or anything will get you towards i right. think for me at least I think mine was less of that type of a gift and more towards a like a nurturing, more towards a, an obsessive interest, more related to like kind of sucking at everything else. <laughs> I, I don't feel like necessarily I was like, and I don't really know the answer, but I, I feel like maybe my answer is that I don't know if I was born with that per se, so much as I was drawn towards the activity. I stuck with it. I got nurturing from my parents and other people. And it's kind of funny when I look back at drawings now when I was a kid and I, I look back at the drawings that I was complimented on, I'm like, it kind of sucks. Like, there's nothing really that great about it. Like I go on like Instagram or YouTube or something and you see like some four-year-old like reproducing the, the Mona Lisa or something. There's like just such a vast, massive, more amount of like YouTube tutorials and information out there. So yeah. if like if like you took your daughter Lauren and stuck her in front of YouTube to like watch tutorials and how to oil paint, she would probably paint better than me after a couple of years, right? <laughs> it's just like there's a lot of information out there. And I feel like when I was a kid I just kind of like taught myself using my own abilities and, and, and nurturing it. And I feel like my gifts were more about that so much. But to answer your question when, I think as long as I can remember, like I think I was like three I think is my earliest memory of when I was like drawing and like my parents would say oh that's really great or people would say that's cool or and I think it was also my way to cope and my way to deal with life I had a lot of um challenges as a kid like I feel like I my mom has bipolar and I feel like some of that kind of went into my bloodstream as well and I feel like my one of the ways I've coped with life has been through my art too that's my way to express and my art kind of has like these cryptographic messages hidden within them because sometimes it's too hard to express your emotions any other way. So for a kid like I was, it was a coping mechanism just as much as it was like a gift. And so it's, it's all I've ever done for, for better or worse. That's interesting. And that's definitely something that I can relate to myself, you know, in, in sports and athletics and running really, you know, it's a release, it's a coping yeah. mechanism. It's definitely something that, um, you know, I, I, a calming, yeah. Called. It's your, we, what do we say? It's, it's my go-to, it's, it's your church, it, you know, it's, yeah, it's your spirituality, it's yeah. you know, yeah. and, and at times it's a crutch, you know, yeah. and, and it's kind of can be, you know, the best of times and worst of times sure. that, you know, at, at certain, at certain points. Like for art for me, like it kind of gave me confidence where I lacked it everywhere else. And it's kind of almost like strange that a lot of my confidence has been based upon that still. And like, even like jokingly, we sat down and you're like, Oh, DJ Alders. It's like, I don't, I don't feel like that guy. Like that's not really me. Like inside I'm, I'm very insecure. Got little kids still. I think we all have that. Yeah. And like, I would be lying if I said otherwise, it just so happens that my, my, my talents or my abilities or whatever word used to describe it just so happens that they've taken this really nerdy insecure kid, different places where, other people might look at me and say, oh, wow, you have this great thing. I'm, you know, whatever. It's, I'm yeah. jealous or it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's cool. 
I don't know why it's happening to me. It just, I just have stuck with it. It's just persistence and commitment, you know? Yeah. Like I said, like it's as if you, you know, you meet somebody, it's as if you landed at the top of that mountain, you know? And it's, that's not even close. Not even close. close. It's like easy to see like the linear path of my career. And it's easier, easy to kind of like pick up the last 10 years and say, Oh my God, it happened like so fast. And like, you have no idea, like no clue how hard it's been and how hard it still is at times. When did you know that you could honestly, you know, make a, career out of it and and have it be what you do out for of, a living out of my fine art or art in general or? i guess in general i mean take us through i don't know yeah, the, i don't so, know i don't know the difference between okay the difference would be okay so my earliest entrepreneurial memories of like trying to do something with my art i was a professional tattoo artist in kindergarten right so i was five years <laughs> oh, old. oh no I, I i don't know if you guys are like remember this but remember cracker jacks yeah at the bottom of the cracker jacks my favorite toy in the bottom of Cracker Jacks with those tattoos. The tattoos. That you kind of like, yeah. like sl- slobber your arm and stick it on. And that was like the dopest thing ever, right? <laughs> and whenever I got Cracker Jacks, which was often as a kid, and I got something stupid like a little screwdriver like this or like, or like a wrench <laughs> or like something, I was like, what a freaking ripoff, right? Like I wanted that tattoo, you know? So that became like something that I was like, I, I, want, I want more of these tattoos. They're really cool. So I got this idea. I'm like, why can't I make my own, right? So I like tried all the different markers in my school and all the different markers at home. And I found out which ones kind of like activated or kind of were soluble to water. And I wound up designing these little pieces of paper with tattoos drawn backwards that I, I came up just came to school and tried them out. People liked them. And I eventually made this little catalog. My dad probably coached me to do this. I don't remember, but I made a little catalog. Here's all the drawings I can do. Pick which one you want. It'll be like, I don't know, a nickel or a quarter or whatever it was. And I started selling these and I was like, this is so easy. It's just like drawing money, you know? <laughs> and um, my dad is an entrepreneur, so I kind of grew up with that mindset. So, like, everything was like, you know, where was, where's the hustle in it? You know, right. where's, where's the angle? Like, everything I did or everything we saw, I was always like my dad scoping out, you know, deals or, like, looking to close something or network people or introduce people. Like, oh, you know, here's, here's these people. Introduce them. Let's see where it can go, you know? Hey, Brian, here, me, Christine. Like, go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> it was always like a big game. So I kind of like grew up in that environment of like business being a creative thing. So that was like my first thing. And then throughout my entire childhood, it was like that. I had different kinds of hustles. So like I sold drawings on the corner. Um, when I got to high school, it kind of evolved. And I started doing like painting people's denim jackets. At one point, my, my homeroom teacher paid me to do drawings because her husband started this handyman business. So I got paid to do that. Um, there's so many like variations of that. Um, I got my first cartoon copyrighted when I was like in fifth grade or something like that. Wow. I came up with this character. My, my dad was like, better get it copyrighted and protect your, your intellectual property. And <laughs> so I, I did that and I got a, this letter from the intellect, from the, uh, you know, patent office and it was super official and it was really cool. So I kind of, that's how I grew up just as finding. It's cool that you had like, that guidance. Yeah, it was. And, and so also in addition to my dad, my dad's best friend, uh, Marshall was a professional illustrator, photographer, art director. So whenever he would visit, I would kind of get some insight and kind of see what it was like to be a professional artist. So like for me, it was never, not once, uh, this crazy bohemian fantasy of like, oh, you want to be an artist? That's not very realistic. Like it never even occurred to me that that was a strange career path. Never once. Because I saw Marshall was making good money doing it. My dad was a business guy. He would always like, my dad would sell these giftware items. He'd come back and say, oh, look at, look at this mug with this uh, chicken on it or something. Or you could be doing that. I'm like, oh, great. Um, so, but it was always like everywhere we went, like we go to the store, you see those sheets that has the design on it that took an artist to do that. You know, like everything was like looking at the angle, seeing where things came from, looking at like 
consumerism as an outlet for creativity. Um, and so that's kind of how my art stuff came about entrepreneurially, you know? Yeah. And, um, so in high school, I got a job doing caricatures at Six Flags. That was my first like steady paycheck type of an art-related job. And then it just went on and on from there. I don't know how deep you want to go with that, but that's kind of how the start of it all happened, I guess. That's part of it. And now I remember you talking about before you went to college, you went to... Montclair State. Montclair. And you had a really powerful kind of mentor at Montclair, correct? That um, I had a few. A yeah. few of them. Yeah. Now, what... How did that kind of push you even farther, or how did that develop where you Yeah, so I'm not sure which person you're referring to, but I did have a couple teachers that stood out. Uh, one in particular I, I speak of is uh, this guy, Lou Carbone, an amazing, talented artist, and he was my, one of my illustration teachers. I had a, a bunch of great teachers, but him in particular, he would like invite me over to his studio in Hoboken and let me watch him, him work, and uh, he was one of the first like professional painters that I had ever known. So that that was kind of like part of the beginning of like seeing like you could actually make money doing paintings. Like even though the painting thing is what I've always wanted and it's what I'm doing now, that particular part of my career, I didn't even see as like a possibility because I didn't know anyone that was doing that. I knew, I knew commercial artists. I saw the commercial aspects of art. I figured I would be an illustrator. So when I met Lou and he was my teacher, I got to see a little bit into his lifestyle and, and doing that. And that kind of like was like, Oh, that's interesting. I still didn't pursue it because it still seemed kind of like, I had no idea where to start, and uh, whenever I saw stuff on the art world, I was just kind of taken back, like, I don't really get that. Like, a lot of modern art, I, I, I'm an artist, and I look at it, I'm like, that's really effing nuts. Like, I really, I think the art world's really screwed up, so, like, I didn't really know how to take all that, and I didn't know where I fit in in that. Um, but, you know, my, my college experience was great, but I honestly feel like my social experience was a lot more helpful. Like, I was in a fraternity, and I was uh, involved, I was the cartoonist for the school paper. So I feel like those types of non-classroom activities and experiences helped me a lot more than the actual classroom. That's college. Yeah. Right? Like that's how it should I be, think but I, it know. Is. I, I know. I really wish it's I paid attention more. It's a very expensive education it on is. life. And some of it's my fault. I wish I paid attention more. Like there were certain classes that I was like, "Oh, I had a class in that. I wish I paid attention," you know? Like but overall, I don't think it helped me a huge amount as far as what I'm doing now, but maybe it seeped in here and there, and I'm not giving it credit where it's due. I think it's all an evolution, right? Like, you got to go through these steps in order to kind of open your eyes and see what your, what your shine is and where you're going yeah. to, where you're going to be. I think, the, I think the answer to my question is what you found with your Professor Lou, you yeah. know, where you looked at it and said, wow, that, that piece right there can sell for you know, X amount of dollars and I can do that, you know, mm -hmm. customly or, or, or whatever and just make, you know, make a living yeah. out of it, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, you know, cause you can make money or you can make a live, you know, you right. can make money at six flags doing caricatures yep. and uh, you know, I'm sure they'd like a guest spot there from you now, you know, <laughs> uh, sitting down. Uh, but you know, it's, it's about, it's about really, you know, doing it and, and saying, okay, I can do this. And that's, I think that what Christina and I have found, you know, with, with fitness, you know, we've both, gotten the boat close enough to the dock so that the leap wasn't quite so much. Sure. We could step off uh, the onto the dock and, and you know, find a, a landing spot for us. Thank mm -hmm. God I didn't fall in the water because that water is a scary place sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially for a couple miles of it okay. in All Lake right. Placid mm -hmm. oh, coming up. something about that. Yeah. We're going to have to have a talk. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love the water. and This is going to be great. I keep saying to myself every day. But All right. So let me, let me say this. Speaking yeah, yeah. of water, sure. right? Now, when this is one one of the reasons why we have you you are you are an artist yeah that's I it i can do that too dad tricks <laughs> there you go yeah um 
so you know you most a lot of your artwork is is geared towards surfing and the surf sure. art and the surf world and yep. and um nature. you know and nature and a lot of things so yeah. how did that obviously it's your background with surfing and 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 board sports how did that take off how did that take off um i'm trying to see where to start with that because i in high school when i started started surfing i i i found my earliest surf related paintings then like when, when going through my old junk, I was like, oh, there's some waves and whatnot. But I never like pursued it overly consistently. It was kind of like I just was painting and drawing whatever I wanted in high school. Um, when I got into college, my my interests kind of broadened from being a kid doing cartooning and illustration type stuff. I, I was given my first exposure to like art history and got to see styles and artists throughout history that I'd never known about because there was no Google before yeah. I went to college. So it wasn't like I could Google, like, coolest artists to know. You know, it was none of that. So it was more like art history class or, like, when they had those poster days at school where they lay out 4,000 posters. You get to pick a couple for your dorm. So I was like, Salvador Dali, wow. MC Escher, wow. Like, Van Gogh, wow. Like, all these different artists. And, like, it was like, wow, my doors were open, and I got to see all these different artists. And so my style in college kind of evolved, you know, to where I am now. My, my genres in college were more about, like, they were kind of more inspired by some of my art history classes, so like more figurative stuff, some modern takes on religious realms, um, you know, uh, nudes and still lives and things like that. And um, the way the surf stuff came about for my career, I had gone through a pretty bad breakup with this chick, and I was working on this painting to kind of work through it all. And it took me about a year because I was doing my other businesses at the time, and I only had an hour or two here and there to finish it. And I had made myself these promises, and one of them was just to stick this through, like see what I'm capable of, paint this as long as it takes, remove time as a variable, and just stick it out. So I I painted it. I finally finished. It was like five or six feet wide, and I had uh, created an opportunity for myself to do my first solo show in Belmar. And um, right before I finished the painting, I moved. I got my new house in Belmar, and I, I decided to paint on the window of the painting uh, a, a window looking out to the beach. It's kind of like a new beginning. And as I was painting that as the last phase of the painting, a window looking out to the beach and a wave breaking, and it was like a new start at the at the ocean. And, and um, I was like, you know what? That's kind of like more me. I'm, I, I think I should really paint more of this new life because some of the other stuff I was painting before that was either like dark or it was kind of helping me work through emotional stuff. And I decided to kind of paint the light and paint love and, and kind of lean towards love instead of leaning towards, like, darkness. And so I started painting what I was doing or what I was into. And it just – it wasn't like I purposely designed a niche that I'm in now. Like, now I'm, like, known as, like, a surf artist in air, air quotes. But it didn't – it wasn't created that with any purpose or intention. It was just, like, I was surfing quite a bit, so I painted surfing. I would stare at chicks in bikinis, and so I drew chicks in bikinis. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, this is what you're inspired by. Paint it. And it just so happened that I amassed this, um, you know, collection of paintings, and I just started putting it out there in MySpace and at the time, and before Facebook was, was anything, right? It was like, MySpace, right? Put it out there. and uh, You were actually a big deal on MySpace, like, right? That's really I cool. was kind of a big deal on MySpace. You actually were. It's actually funny you say that because looking back at it, I was so pissed that MySpace, like, crapped out because I got my following up to, like, 20,000 people, which at the time was like, That's what? a big deal, yeah. And uh, you remember, like, the top eight or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. I was, like, in Shepherd Ferry's, like, top eight, and, like, some of these rock stars, I was in theirs, and it was cool. And then, I, then Facebook came about, I'm like, 
freaking A. I have to start, start all, all over, over again. again. But, you know, like by having those social media platforms, it gave me like more of a global presence. And that kind of like initiated taking my career from, from like this side thing to like, wow, maybe this can go somewhere. So just another evolution to my question, right? It was it was you know the professor, and then it was. I don't this even remember your question. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just no, no. Exactly. It was just, and, and you don't have to remember it. Yeah. It was just, you know, when I'm did sure you it was know? A question, when though. did you know? When did you know? And, yeah. and you just keep knowing. You know, basically, it a lot just of times keeps you evolving. Don't, you don't yeah. know. Still, you don't know. Yeah. You just kind of take one decision, one moment at a time. You fall down your face. And you're like, oh, you know, and then you pick yourself back up and you keep going, and then you fall back in your face again and you keep going and then after in hindsight you can look back and be like oh this clearly happened because of this 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 and this and you can see all that you can see the breadcrumb trail of where you went you can easily say it in a narrative form like i'm here because of xyz and you can say all the reasons but when you're going in the reverse order in, in linear time fashion you have no freaking clue why this is all happening it's only when it happens right, right you can look back and yeah. here's, my, here's my story it's like a m night Shyamalan you know? movie yeah. you know like the, that moment at the end where it all comes together yeah yeah Oh my goodness. So now we're at the point where you're like, all right, this is, this is my niche. This is, this is where I want to go. And now, now what? Now what do you do? I was still running like my other businesses at the time. So I wasn't even doing this remotely for work. It was just like my passion. I was also doing photography for work. I was, I was running an entertainment company, doing the caricatures at gigs. So I was doing all these other things for, for money. This painting was just like, I love to paint. It was kind of like a dream. I wonder if this can go anywhere. Right. Um, and it did. And now how, so now how do you, how do you, how do you transition now into, Hey, I want this, this, this is going to be kind of my, my one, my one thing. How did you make that your one thing? Following the breadcrumb trail backwards, I guess there's a a lot of things and I don't know if I could say it in order, but I'll, I'll attempt my best. So I just started like, once I got those few first paintings done, I started keep, I kept raising the bar each time. So I would work on a painting and, and if I got to a point where, I was stuck where my abilities felt like I, I plateaued. I, I kept forcing myself to get to that really, really uncomfortable zone where like I might have had a vision to like, let's say, I'm just going to make this up. I wanted to paint a sunset with this wave doing this one thing or mm-hmm. whatever, and it was all in my head. I didn't have any reference photos. And I'd get stuck, and I'm like, I really don't know how to do that technique or this thing or make it look like that. And before, I might have kind of backed out and said, okay, well, I didn't really want to do that anyway. I'm just going to paint a wall or something. I'm going to paint a tree instead. That's easier. I got to a point where I no longer allowed myself to make excuses and I just kept pushing myself and pushing myself. So I would do a painting and I would like admittedly look at it like, that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty for me. It's pretty good. You know, and the next one, I'm like, how can I outdo myself? And I kept doing that over and over and over again to the point where I, I kept feeling like I was improving each time. And with each one through the other means of networking, I told you about, I would get art shows and more people maybe finding me and whatnot. And, um, trying to think what order this one in. So uh, I, I was dating Chelsea, my wife at the time, and I was actually really terrified of flying. And she, she was like, we're going to France. I'm like, oh, great. And she, I was, it was this new girl I was dating, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to go. I can't be a wuss, right? So we went to France, and it was my birthday, and we were walking along the, beach, the beaches of, of Nice, which is like a beautiful town. And, and she gives me this card for my birthday, and I was looking through it, and it was like multiple-page mushy card, and skipping past all the mushy parts. At the end, it was like, something like dot 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 and your birthday present is and it was like i'm going to take you to our next trip is like in a few months we're going to squaw valley in california to go on the snowboard trip and i had never snowboarded out west i was like this is awesome super cool and then i got to the next part and it was like and 
she planned the entire trip around this music festival that was going on with like these musicians that we loved. They were like they were on Jack Johnson's label. It was like Donovan Frankenreiter, G Love, Matt Costa, and ALO. And these were all musicians that were like on, constantly on shuffle. Like loved them. They, we, we would jog to them, drive places to them. They were always in our constant shuffle of like thirty artists. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. She's so, a keeper, quite so, a keeper. Yeah, well, yeah, that I kept Chelsea. her. <laughs> so, um, in fact, you know, going a little bit fast forward here, we get to Squaw Valley. And um, before the music show, right, after going snowboarding, before the music show, they had this opening, art opening, before the show. And I was super excited because the art show was kind of based around photography and art that was kind of like geared around the lifestyles that I loved. So it wasn't like, like I said before, it wasn't the contemporary art where here's like a rotting orange on a pedestal with some chicken wire going through it. It was something I could understand, right? So it was like photography and films and paintings of like snowboarding surfing, fitness stuff, outdoor scenes, stuff that I was like, this is really cool. And this art tour, I think, was on like tour with the guys. So there was like a music slash art festival or tour or whatever it was. And we were super inebriated. And I was like walking around. And keep in mind, I had no really fine art career necessarily. I had a couple art shows. I had some stuff like under my belt. I had some like things to brag about. Like, you had 20,000 on MySpace. Well, yeah, I had, some, I had some stuff, but it wasn't like, wow, it was like cool. Some cool things to brag about at a bar, but it right. wasn't like a career by any means. And so we're walking around and I looked at Chelsea and I had this like law of attraction moment where I'm like, I don't know how I looked her right in the eyes, but like, I'm going to be one of these artists doing this with those musicians on stage. And I had no idea I had why I believed that. I had no reason to believe that. I was this kid from Jersey, didn't know anyone in the scene, didn't know anyone in the art world, didn't know anyone from anyone. I was just there, super blitzed out of my mind, <laughs> watching this awesome show of my heroes. And during the show, I'm like watching everyone like, you know, smoking a J on the off stage and high five <laughs> it was a great show. And I just kept thinking, like, I want to be one of those guys up there and hanging right. out with them and and um looking back on the timeline and I can go back and say how it happened, like eight months to that week, I was in Brazil with all of those musicians doing the exact thing that I manifested. That's amazing. Right? So, obviously, there's, you know, there's, oh, how'd you do that? Goosebumps. I got goosebumps. So, obviously, there's, how'd you do that? There's, that's a whole story in itself. But just the fact that I literally just said exactly what I wanted and believed it. You threw it out in the universe. literally, and like, how much more specific can you get than that? It wasn't like... I ended up at a, doing a, a thing with a cover band in at Bar A or something. It was like I was literally right. with exact musicians as as one of the only featured artists from America in Brazil on this eleven or twelve day tour in three cities in Brazil. It was like it was like next level. So that you know how I got there is its own story. And then from that moment on, was like okay, you know, not only did the experience itself change me, and not only did the um, opportunity of meeting all those guys changed me and everything that actually happened changed me. But just the idea of like, wow, we actually have power to do this. Like what else can I effing do? And it was kind of like that sort of a mindset that from that point forward, that's when I, I just literally quit my job, which was my business. I, I lit before going to Brazil. When I found out I had the opportunity, I, I yelled at my like, Chelsea, come in here. I got the email and it said, you know, you're invited to this thing. And uh, I can go into that story if you want, how that happened. But when I got it, I basically said I'm going to be a professional fine artist from now on. I had this business that was paying for my mortgage, my insurance, my car, everything I had. I was I was like young. The, safe, I, you the know, safety. I didn't have children at the time. I wasn't married, but I had a lot of bills and stuff. And I had this business that I had nurtured since I was in college that I said, um, here's my business if you want it. Otherwise, I'm just going to like stop doing it. Like I don't really care. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to pay anything. 
but I'm, I'm going to make it work. So do you want this business? And she, she still runs that company along with the other stuff that she does. But um, thankfully, she took it because it's been very helpful as a, as a secondary income stream. But I, I went with the intention of like, I'm just going to figure it out. I have no idea what, how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it work. And I came back and I just made it work. So I like to talk to Jay sometimes when I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? He's like, yeah, make it work. It's going to work. It's going to work. <laughs> keep showing up. We threw it out to the universe. It's going to happen. You're working hard. It's like You're being making... a parent, you know? It's like people say, oh, how do you, I have three kids that were born within 18 months. Like three kids within 18 months, people always, the first thing, how do you do it? I'm like, it's not like you have a choice, right? It's like, you just do it. There's, that's literally the answer to most things. You just freaking do it. Yeah. Right. You're tired. Yeah. It's not like just, it's not hard. When it's you like get to you, the, you know? when you get to the decision, you know, you make the next one and then you move on to the next one. Right. And it's, it, it sounds simple. There's nothing simple about it. It's ex- everything. All this stuff is extremely hard. Like we all go through struggles that are extremely difficult stuff that, that we share stuff. We don't share stuff that we wish we didn't have stuff. We wish we did have none of it's easy. It's not like when you say, I'll oh, just figure it out. It's easy. No, it's just like, that's literally what you have to do. That's, you know, so you just do it. People say that to me a lot. They they're like, "Oh, we're sorry." You know, I'm I'm sick a little bit, and they're like, "You know, Christine, we're so sorry." And I'm like, "I'm not sorry. I'm actually the, getting sick is the freaking best thing that ever happened to me in my life." No, I mean aside from my family and you know things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. I'm like, well, you know, you look at life and you're like, "Wow," that you know, you get knocked down, and how do you deal with that? That's right. what builds your character. That's what makes you who you sure. are. And it's you know, we love to you know, we love to hear these stories because really, the people who make it. I haven't met one person who's had this nice lollipop fairy tale life right. sure. who's really successful and really, and they don't have to be or happy yeah. or happy. They don't have to be a president you know? of a company to be successful sure. or, you know, and, and a lot of people that are, are not happy. Yeah. And All success is in different categories, right? Right. That's, it's very powerful. So now you tell us how you got hooked up with, live painting because we think this is like one of the coolest things because not <laughs> not a lot of people do this this right. is makes you you know really the anomaly well, that you get to out there that do it i'm not that well, unique uh, okay <laughs> yeah on this block you are though, very definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely on the on this <laughs> block unique. yeah so but you do a live painting with yeah bands as sure. they're playing sure what what the heck is that you know about? what since i was a kid i always fantasized about being a rock star this is like the closest thing I've I've come across. Own this it. is like my um, it's like my party trick. It's like the only thing equivalent to like doing this blazing guitar solo that I have in my <laughs> repertoire. And um, the way it came about was like so uh, Donovan Frankenreiter was doing a show at the Stone Pony. Like uh, I want to say I'm just going to throw this out there seven eight years ago, whatever it was. And uh, he's like, dude, and if you if you like know him or seen interviews with him, he's like very much like whimsical and like a kid, and he's just like likes to throw things out there and he's just like you want to do live painting tonight and it was like one of those opportunities that like you'd be stupid to say no but i had no idea what, no clue what i was going to do or how i was going to do it and i was like sure all right i'll go home and get my easel and get some paints and i'll just be in front of everyone in the you know on stage and figure it out so i literally just did that i just he put me in a position where i was like I, it was stupid to say no and I already had been well-versed in, like, putting myself in very uncomfortable situations throughout my life in all different kinds of categories. So, like, I thought it was a great exercise to put myself in a very uncomfortable situation and work my, my way out of it. And I, I did it, and I was stressed out and nervous at times. And then there was other times that I was, like, elated from the experience of it all. And um, once I did it once, I was like, I want to do that again. I want to get better at it. I want to see who else I can do this with. And once it's like one of those things where once you put yourself out there as the, as a guy that does that, and I knew a lot of musicians at that point, 
whenever someone else would come into town, either they would ask me or I would say, hey, do you care if I go on stage and paint with you? Or they would say, hey, do you want to paint with me tonight? Or, and it was, you know, some of the musicians have said to me, and if I didn't have children, I probably would have taken them up on it. They're like, you want to go on tour with us? And yeah. the bus? And I'm like, yes, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been a cool experience. You know, it's, it's the, like I said, the closest thing to knowing what it feels like to be a rock star when you're up, when you're up there on stage. And, and when you're up there, it's like everything kind of just fades away, like all the crowds. And it, it kind of peaks in every once in a while as you're painting. You're like, I'm going to make a complete fool of myself. This is coming out horrible. But it's like part of the process you're in, right? And it's like I kind of know at this point that this is what the process feels like as I'm painting live. Like, oh, this is the part where I think I suck. Oh, this is the part where I feel like I'm actually doing pretty great. I'm like, oh, no, I'm wrong. I actually <laughs> fell off the cliff. I'm, this is terrible. The show's almost over. I'm going to fail. Oh, no, I actually saved myself. Oh, it goes up and down. And it's, as long as you realize, like, this is – this is the recipe, how it always kind of feels, and you don't freak out as much. So it's like just building your comfort up, you know? You just described marathon running. I know. I was just yeah, going to say that. Everything. Yeah, everything. Well, you just yeah. described I mean, just like a lot of... Described the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just, you know... Why you, am I doing this? This was stupid. This was yeah. a bad idea. I'm, gonna, I'm awesome. Yeah. And I trained like, my oh ass my off of this. I know exactly what I'm, I'm doing. I'm going to die. Oh, this shit. is done. This yeah. is hurting now. Yeah. 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 I love it. I mean, that's, everything's like that, isn't it? It's the people that I think quote unquote succeed the most that you push through those things and it took me a very very long time to do that myself like I mentioned before like I used to paint and not push myself as much and that's why my paintings never progressed because I would paint until the point where it kind of was like super uncomfortable and I started telling myself you're not that good or why are you bothering I have another idea that's even better let's just put this down and start something else and it's kind of like how I still approach my, my guitar playing I learned the first like few chords I'm like okay I got that let me go on to the next song and it's okay if it's just like a minor hobby, like playing guitar. It's just like a super, you know, casual hobby. So it's okay to learn just the first riff so you sound cool and then go on the next one. But if it's something that's super important to you, you have to push through to the point of most discomfort to see what you're capable of. How long would you say it takes you to complete a piece? Um, it varies. If it's, if it's a piece where I have no timeline, no client, no deadline... I'm just doing it from like my mind's eye. Mm. It could be as long as a few months nowadays. Um, the longest I've ever spent was, like I said a while ago, I, I worked on it, one painting for a year just to see what I can do. Um, more often than not, lately I'll spend you know a month or a few weeks, sometimes a couple months. The, a recent piece I did took three months because it was kind of like my background go-to project. I would work on other stuff. I'd, I'd parent, do other things, paint when I could. So it depends if I'm working on it constantly or as like a background like thing, you know, but a couple months is, I would say average. So now do you, would you say that you have multiple paintings at once that you're working on or more just focus on? Um, I try not to, okay. I definitely, I have done that. I, like when I had more time, I would mm -hmm. paint a couple things at once, but I, I prefer painting on painting one thing at a time, even though it's not always the luxury I get. I like getting kind of lost in one piece, figuring it out and feeling like I have closure and then because it's kind of like very strenuous and exhausting process. So like after I'm done, it, it mentally and physically feels like I just need a break. And I, I get to the point where I'm, I'm just completely overlooking at it. So it's nice to just have complete closure and be done with it and go on to the next one. You know what's great is that I talked about how Jay's my neighbor next door, right? And you do most of your painting in your yeah. house. So remember the movie The Burbs with the Clopex? No. Do you ever Tom see that? Hanks? You need to see that movie. Yeah. It's from like what, the 80s or something? I remember, yeah. Okay. I just the Clopex, the it was always weird because their light was on downstairs in the basement. They were like, they were like <laughs> cooking humans. Oh, Once Lord. in a while, it's real late. <laughs> I could see your light from the basement shining in from like way across. Telescope. 
you know that's something. fucking creepy Love it. I'm sure ours is left on all the time because our kids. But you know, your lights on. You, you know, when I have painting, my you know? my night vision That's on right. and I'm looking out the window. You know, window. when I'm outside and I'm peeping through your and windows. Your, <laughs> your whole body's dipped in paint. You're like rolling around on the canvas. That's my favorite. Remember part. that? <laughs> no, but you know, it's 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 just you know that hashtag that focus. restraining would, order. Likewise, I, like I was looking out the window and there was Christine like jumping up and down, the, doing her weird training, exercises, training, you know, killing myself. Make me feel like such a lazy ass. For so, please, you're painting. It's a <laughs> touche. But I would think that it would be very stressful if someone gave me a deadline for painting it, it or for anything. Is. I, I completely hate deadlines. I have to deal with them. It's just part of the business, but I, I completely hate that part of it. One thing I want you to talk about is that one of the things that is just amazing about your paintings are the way that you paint water mm. and the waves. How? How did you develop? Tell tell and your our co- listeners. And your colors too, right? You use I do a, use colors. A lot, no, I mean a lot <laughs> of like colors, Van, bright colors. Van Dyke you use like brushes and stuff, no. right? Titanium <laughs> white. Happy little tree. Right. <laughs> I should. I was gonna wear my shirt. He's got a, I got Bob a seven dollar Bob Ross nice. shirt at Walmart. It's beautiful. We love Bob Ross. That's that's set. Set. Actually, that's one of the ways I started painting. Actually, yeah, when I was a little kid. We all did. everybody. Yeah. You've evolved much more than Brian and I have. <laughs> that kind of got me into it, though. What was the question? <laughs> How I got into the color. So the the water, I mean, that is just so unique to you. Right. When, you know, when I look at your paintings and it's, how, how did so, you? I think most of my paintings, like I mentioned, and most of them I, I prefer and usually am more drawn towards painting from my mind's eye. I sometimes will use reference loosely. I think it's just me. I don't think other artists should judge themselves by this. But for me, I feel like if I'm using photos too directly, it kind of feels like I'm cheating almost. Like I feel like why bother for me? Again, any artist listening to this that don't do this, don't judge me or feel judged. For me personally, I feel like why bother painting something that could just be photographed? So I prefer to like paint from my memory because I feel like it's more like journaling. Like I don't know if you've ever journaled or had a diary as a kid. It's kind of like your your mind is kind of just like, releasing whatever's on your mind to kind of put it on paper and it kind of like puts it in a place where you can express it in your own unique way. So for me, painting is kind of like visual journaling for me, which I think is part of the reasons my paintings take so long is because I'll try to figure it out. There's like a, a quote by Einstein. It's, it was loosely something like, I just want to, I just want to figure out how God thinks all the rest is, is details, something like that. Right. And like, so I try to paint like that where I try to understand the light, I try to understand how the light works, how the, the reflections work. Like, I try to imagine, like, being the water. Like, if I was that ripple right now, what would I see? Like, would I, would I see the sun? Would I not? If I would, that means there's, there's a reflection on it. That means it has a direct reflection from the sun. Like, if I was that shadow, what color light would I be seeing right now? Like, I imagine being in the painting and, like, during the moments of, like, true flow... It literally it sounds weird, but it literally feels like the painting's already there. And like, there's moments not not throughout the entire process. I wish this was true, but there's moments where it's like I literally feel like I couldn't make a mistake if I tried. Like, it literally feels like it's right there in front of me, and it's I don't know if it's being projected through my my mind like a movie theater, or if I'm like seeing something like uh, an optical illusion or or a, a, a sight into something that's not there. But there's definitely some kind of a spiritual thing there where it feels like. I'm taking my memories of seeing things and I'm interpreting it as my mind remembers it. And I feel like by nurturing that vision through a couple months of just constant painting, painting over it, painting, painting over it, fixing, correcting, I try to get as many of those moments of flow 
recorded and my painting almost becomes like a souvenir of being in that state of flow. It's almost like being in a vacation, right? Like, so what's left over is not all the mistakes, hopefully, but what's left over is the documentation of those little moments where, of where I feel like it's so real that I can feel it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like when I try to get like a certain effect, I could tell you in art terms, like, yeah, just mix this color with that color, but that's like very mechanical. There's no soul to it. I feel like it's like with a song. You could teach someone how to play a song, but if you hear someone truly that's like a virtuoso playing a song, there's just something about it that even if it was mechanically reproduced, you couldn't capture. I try to do that with my painting as best I can, where it kind of like I just I'm feeling the paint and I, I couldn't necessarily tell you at all times what color it is. Like I might be painting yellow something, but it actually is more purplish. Just, but it works within there. You know, it's like by placing a certain color next to another color, your eye creates like a vibrating pattern. And by knowing how to use color and light and texture, and by doing it so fluently that it's like having a conversation. Like when our, our children learn to speak, right? They are learning the vocabulary. They're practicing like, how do I put these words together? And they might mess it up quite a bit. Until we get to the point where you become fluent with a language or a business or a craft, right? And it becomes so fluent that you're just speaking and you're not actually thinking, am I putting a verb in front? Was that the correct tense? Like painting, I feel like I try to make that experience as close to speaking as possible, where I feel like I'm speaking the paint as opposed to like trying to figure out what color should go here. Hmm, let me intellectually figure out how to mix this red and, and Google search. How to, you know, it's not any of that. It's just like I'm speaking. Does that answer your question at all? You found your shine is what that is is what you just described and brian and i are sitting here i don't have to look at brian (laughs) you you find what makes your soul sing what lights i I think it finds me perhaps but i it's same probably a nuance in in terminology but i I feel like i don't know if i've found it i really feel like for me at least i feel like i'm feeling it finding me like i feel like i'm a portal for something or someone or some things or some voices or whatever, whatever your beliefs are, yeah. right? You, in, in, you insert your word of universe, God, whatever you want right. there, but something is coming through me. So maybe I discover it as it discovers me. I'm like, ah, oh, you just discovered me. Therefore I discovered you. Like I have no idea which right. comes first, but like it's definitely something related to that for me at least. What's interesting. And what I think of is that I guess even on my journey, my life journey, I'm not the same person I was a year ago right. at all. And you not know, even physically, like your bones change, your skin f- changes cells. Like. It's, I think it's fascinating. And again, I, I'm just speaking on a personal level that I have not reached this point in my life, my evolving or whatnot. We all hit different points, you know, until later, some people will never hit it. There's people I talk to now that will never understand what you just said and think you're nuts. It's okay. Just like for myself, Christina, yeah. you left your job. That was safe. This was this. This is what you should be doing. But I sit back and I'm like, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm listening to this. And like you just said, something greater than you is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, leading you to this path or leading yeah. you to these directions or the choices you're making. You could describe it in a way that's very structured or you could describe it as, Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a vibration or an right. energy or something greater. Whatever it is. I mean, everything that Jay said is a testament to that. The whole guidance that isn't, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not us. Interpret, right? I mean, it's also like the same thing. You could describe it in terms of like law of attraction or spiritual sure. hokey pokey new age stuff, which I'm very much into, mm-hmm. right? I'm not making fun of it. But you could also have a quantum physicist sit next to you and describe mm-hmm. it in those terms. And it would be literally the same thing. Like. Have you ever heard of the double slit experiment, experiment mm-hmm. at all? Like, yes. That's a perfect example of how your observation and your intention 
really does change physical matter. So it's like you can describe these things in any way you want, but it's all the same thing, right? Yeah. It's amazing. What's your favorite painting? Of mine or someone else? Of yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's like, for me, it's, it sounds cliche, but it sounds like you're choosing your favorite your kid. Kid, yeah. 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 It's, it's, There's not one that you were like... No. I, that I, you I hold or one that you're super proud there of. Are, there are ones that I like for different reasons the most. Like there's some that I feel like technically as a painter, okay. I feel like it's my favorite. There's some that what I was going through at the time, it, it helped me the most. There are some that like helped me launch my career. So I love them for that. There, each one of them is special in its own way. And it, it, like I said, it's like a journal. It's like a diary for me. Even things that are like, you might look at it, one of my pieces and be like, that's, I don't see anything journal or, or self-reflective about it. But for me, it has something in it or the way I painted it or something about it or maybe the title that kind of reflects exactly where I was at that moment. And it's just that's how it, that's how it expressed itself. Is it hard to let them go? Some, <laughs> sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Like for the longest time, I never wanted to sell originals. Like I felt like whether it was like part wanting to like keep them as my 401k eventually if I ever <laughs> got famous. I think part of it was just like, like you know, you spend so much time on something. It's like I don't I, – it would be nice to ideally say someday when I'm like hopefully 90, I can have this grand show of all my paintings. But like, uh, especially since having kids, it feels good to let them go because I feel like number one, you need the money, right? Um, number two, I feel like it's also nice to let go of, of attachment to things. I feel like as I've come to realize like my ego identity and as I try to work through that, I realize that like holding on to it, it's not going to like you're not sharing it. So I feel like giving it to someone else like. It's better to kind of spread it out. And it's also just, you know, it's also nice just to know that your work is around different places in case like a meteor hits New Jersey. I know that some of the originals are not there, you know. Have you ever have you ever been out and about and come across one of your own pieces that you didn't realize was, you know, you were oh, going to yeah. see? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it, that's just another cool part of my job. Yeah. It's like you'll be somewhere and someone will either recognize me or I'll see my painting somewhere or someone will walk by with my one of my shirts on. I mean, yeah. that's... It's just something that kind of happens, and it's just it's a cool thing. How yeah. about I know that, that there's been people that have had your artwork tattooed on them. Yeah. Uh, How's that? That's really cool. I mean, there's as far as I know, I try to document all the ones I know about, and right. I lost. I haven't counted. I think there's something close to forty or fifty wow. people that I know about. And just when I think I know about them all, like we were just in, I was doing a tour in Colorado. Like uh, what was it a month ago? I guess. Yeah, I saw that pop up. Know, right. That's so cool. Just when I think I know about all the tattoos, I was live painting in Colorado for this show, and as I'm painting, Chelsea's talking to this guy behind me. And I find out later that the guy says to Chelsea, he's like, hi, my name is, you know, so-and-so. Um, I have two questions. Can I, can I take a picture with Jay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, go up to him and take a picture. And, and then he's like, he was wearing a jumpsuit. And he was like, also, I have half my body tattooed in his artwork. Would, would he mind, like, checking it out? And I was like, what? Um, so I'm painting. <laughs> Where like, are like, they? Yeah, here's, like, literally half of his body from his, like, neck to his ankle has, like, multiple paintings of mine all – all, they're not fully completed, but it's like a work in progress. And like, just when I thought I knew of all the tattoos, like things like that still happen where I'll be out somewhere and someone's like, oh, I have this tattoo I never showed you or I'll get a photo. Like I got this six years ago and I never thought to share it with you. And it's, it's a cool experience knowing that it's kind of like validation, again, for my ego. And I, I kind of admit that it's an, it's an ego trip. Um, but it is kind of validation knowing that like the moments that I have self-doubt that someone or people, I should say, find my art so connect you know connected to them that they actually would commit to it for the rest of their lives yeah so like, that's intense as as down on myself as i can get it's kind of like nice to know that like it must be doing something for someone right so what are you most proud of right now my children 
children. Yeah. yeah, that's literally the, the top answer, like by far. Yeah, like art stuff is great. It's a great career, and it's, I love I love art. Um, but especially since my twins were born, I haven't had as much time for myself in general, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Like I feel like I've I've learned to like kind of look at those things in a different light. I used to be I used to feel so incredibly selfish. I don't know if you guys ever went through that before being you know being a parent, but like I felt so selfish for so long and all about myself and I wanted to just travel with Chelsea and I wanted to just experience every concert that came in town. I had to be there and I had to do everything all the time and 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 since having children I just find I love being home with them and like I still like painting but like Honestly, I, I would give all of that up just to, you know, be with my children. And if I can go back in time, if I had to, like, give all that up just to be a dad, I would be perfectly okay with that. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, Jay, I want to ask you one last thing. Sure. Where does everyone find you? Where do we find out next, about... Next door. Well, it's from me. <laughs> Our listeners don't, tend don't, to don't be... Don't give your address out. Tend yeah. to be all over, you know, the country and, and you know, all over the world. So, it's Beverly Hills, yeah. just in case you want in Bulgaria. So, <laughs> so how, do we, how, do, how do they view your art? How do they find out sure. more about what you do? Um, yeah, my website, jayalders.com. That's like kind of the uh, collection of my work and all the stuff that I've done. Um, social media, not MySpace so much anymore, but oh, you know, man. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, all those. If you just look up at Jay Alders or you go on Facebook, you know, slash Jay Alders, that's, you can find me. I'm pretty active on all of them. Next concert. Yeah. Next concert that I know of is probably slightly stupid. I think there, there might be some in the middle that I'm forgetting, but I, that's the one that I, that pops in my head. That's next. That you'll be painting live painting for, or I don't know yet. I just did their album cover, so that was super cool. So that's I, awesome. I definitely won't miss the show, and I'm, I've become friends with the guys. They're amazing human beings. So I great music, as great well. music. Yeah. yeah, everything that you're around is fantastic. You music. guys, yeah, Ryan, you guys. Well, right? yeah, well, like I said, great company. You know, but, uh, I all the way up. You know, and I, I, I was surprised that the the, the art the concert posters have become a very big deal you know like you know yeah. these merch lines it's and people crazy. camp I had no out no idea yeah. like what a subculture was like i recently did a couple posters for 311 and yeah. i had no clue what kind of a subculture band posters are yeah just, i'm not really necessarily a collector i went of to a show and, i went to a 311 show in october yeah. the wellmont and did right. you do that one i did the one at the capitol theater most okay. recently and my friend was like i gotta get a, i gotta get the poster and we knew a guy at the wellmont so he took care yeah, of you know yeah. he like he was like i got you the poster don't worry about it he got it signed it was pretty sure. cool and but my my wife is a big pearl jam fan and oh, you, yeah 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 so when we go to the shows like you see the guys at the merch line waiting yeah. for those those like it's you know cool you know, it's very specific crew. And I mean, some of them buy way too many. There's some amazing uh, band poster artists out there. Like yeah. Some incredible ones. I'm like just lucky to be, to be one of them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a unique genre. Yeah. That's amazing. But well, I have, I have no idea if I'm going to paint at this show to answer your question. They might, that day might say, Hey, you want to paint tonight? I, I have no idea. Like they, I don't know. <laughs> What's yeah. the biggest show that you've ever painted on stage? Uh, biggest one. Number of people in the crowd Good or, Lord. or, I don't know. They've, they've all been sort of the same amount of crowd. Like I've done painting with like G Love and Donovan and Mishka and Paula Fuga and the Expendables and you know, people I'm probably forgetting. But yeah, uh, most of them have been like at like the Pony yeah. or like you know venues like that where it's like you know, I don't even know what the capacity is, a few thousand yeah, just, people or something. So that's probably the as far as I can remember the biggest okay crowds, I guess. And that's the Stone Pony the, yes. in Asbury Park, New Jersey, what, right? What? I know. Representing. 
It's amazing. Uh, Belmar and Manasquan. As far as what? Surfing. Uh, I grew up surfing in Manasquan. Do you surf? Yeah, a little bit. Awesome. I grew up surfing in Manasquan. So I went to school in Howell, which was like a straight shot yeah. to Manasquan. So we, That's the we thing, grew that, up like... The Howell kids you know, went Belmar and Manasquan. Yeah, That's why so I asked. Yeah. I didn't even know. Like Belmar <laughs> took me a while to kind of discover. Yeah. Manasquan was my go-to. We'd go to the inlet or we'd yeah. go to the military beach. and like right. Either way, we'd like sneak on. We'd, we found out if you go on the rocks with your board, they can't charge you and you just jump off and go in the water. <laughs> like, That's like, right. Just the idea of charging for, for a beach is like ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Everywhere so, else but here. This, I think this year is like the first year I've like actually bought a badge in like decades because I think Chelsea is like tired of me like either sneaking on or <laughs> mooching badges from friends breaking the whatever, law. So. Oh, that's awesome! Well, we are going to say thank you so much. I'm going to say you're welcome for yeah. uh, for coming and hanging out with two fit crazies for walking uh, you know thank across you, the across the yard to I get here. It. I love it. I love the stories. And dude, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, brother. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Happy Father's Day to both of you awesome dads. Yes, thank you. This will come out after Father's Day, but... That's okay. We're here. It was awesome. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Time it. Time travel. So hopefully our listeners, check out Jay Alders. He is amazing, and I hope you really enjoyed this story of, you know, really finding your shine, finding your passion, and, you know, go after what you what you love. And with that said... My name is Christine Conti. The Christine Conti. Oh, jeez. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.